I finally started seeing a therapist. Therapy. Grief therapy. Telling a therapist. Therapy. Therapy. It's been transformative. I don't think I could be as happy as I am today if it were not for having gone to therapy. Want to take a guess what today's episode's about? Welcome to So Sorry for Your Loss. This is not your average grief group. I'm Gianna DiMedio. Thanks for joining me as we normalize the conversation around grief with the stories of those who've gone through it, a whole lot of humor, and a pinch of celebrity and entertainment news. Because fun fact, they grieve too. There's more to grief than that godforsaken dove flying over a willow tree on a sympathy card. I know you've seen it and know what I mean. Let's change the way society looks at it. Visit ssfylpodcast.com for more. Welcome back. This is a big one. This is episode 50-5-0 of So Sorry for Your Loss. I cannot believe that we're hitting this milestone. Because you guys are amazing and you keep me going. So thank you for that. I'm really excited to have made this milestone. I have no plans on stopping anytime soon. So 50 hopefully is just the first of many milestones to come. I want to start by saying thank you so much for all of the support over all of these episodes. You are helping me break this taboo of grief and get these conversations going. Let's dive into it. Let's talk about it more. Let's make it a little bit less taboo for everybody to talk about it. I hope that this has been a great outlet for you to listen to, to feel a part of this community. I hope it's been something for you to send to your friends and family that may not quite understand what you're going through. I hope it's just been a really great resource and it's something that you want to keep coming back to every single week. Let's get to 100. Let's get to 200. Let's make this thing so big that everybody is talking about grief and people understand it and understand what we're going through. So thank you so much again for being here today. A special episode. Hmm. Do you have a hint at maybe what it's about? (laughs) Yeah, we're going to talk about therapy because I know there's some of you out there that are maybe still hesitating about it. Not sure if it's for you, not sure if it's your thing. And I really encourage you to check it out. We have a great sponsor for today's episode too, who will make sure that you get the help that you need. That's BetterHelp. BetterHelp.com slash S-S-F-Y-L. That code gets you 10% off of your first month of therapy. How amazing is that? You'll learn more about BetterHelp in the middle of the episode. I decided to do an episode on therapy because as I reflected back on all the episodes that I've done, I realized that there's a lot of running themes in some of my episodes. One of them has been, and we'll do an episode on this at some point, how it's simplicity in terms of how you can help people that are grieving. If you think about the things that stand out to you for what people did in your life that really helped you, very simple things. For me, one of them was a friend that went to CVS with me and helped me run some errands when my brain was complete mush, or a friend that would just send heart emojis every now and then with no expectation of me responding to her, but just letting her know that she was thinking of me. It's simplicity. So another running theme is therapy. I realized almost every episode contains some information about therapy or a guest therapist that they've created a great relationship with or how much their life has changed and their grief has changed since going to therapy. I thought it was a good opportunity to collect some of that information, put it into one episode to help you get a full understanding of how therapy can help. If you are in therapy, kudos to you. 
very proud of you. No need to turn off this episode because there actually might be ways that you can learn how to handle your therapy sessions for the best result in handling your grief or just whatever it is you're going through in your life because everybody has a different way that they approach therapy. So you can learn that through this episode as well. Also stay tuned for next week. We have a very special episode with Rebecca Sofer of Modern loss. Are you serious? She's like the godmother of grief. I am stoked that I was even able to do this interview. She has a new book that is for pre-sale now, but it is coming out on Tuesday, the day of the interview. So so make sure you mark your calendars for that. Make sure you get your Amazon account ready. You're going to want to order this book. I know it. In the meantime, head over to Instagram at so sorry with Gianna. Be my friend, DM me, let me know what you want to hear in upcoming episodes. Head over to Apple, rate and review the podcast, throw me those five stars, would really appreciate that, especially for episode 50, right? And as always, I love you, thanks for being here. All right, starting off the episode today with Sarah Frazier. Sarah was my 13th episode of So Sorry for Your Loss. I remember it was like kind of, you know, still in the beginning stages. I didn't really know how I was going to be formatting some of my interviews and my recording was like a little off, but I was so excited to get Sarah. She is an incredible radio personality. You can hear it in her voice. I mean, she's just very vibrant. She recently moved to LA and do not be surprised if you see this chick with her own talk show at some point. She lost her father when she was a teen and her therapist changed her life in a big way when she made the connection from the death of her dad to the unhealthy eating habits that she had. Sarah started to become more mindful in her eating and really changed her lifestyle because of it. We talked about how awkward people get with grief. She emphasized the need to keep tackling it in your own life. If you want to learn more about Sarah's journey, it's episode 13, but here's Sarah Frazier. People are awkward about grief and they're awkward about tears, but just like do it, just cry, break down because everyone's feeling that they, they just don't know how to react either to it. Right. Right. So, and you know, if you're a parent and, and your spouse dies and and you have kids in high school, like get them in grief therapy, even when they say they're okay. Cause like my brother and I both talk about it now and we're like, shit, you know, so many things happen in our lives. My brother drank a lot. I overate. My therapist always says this to me what you resist persists. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing is, is you think, oh, you just think you're over grief and it pops back up. So yeah, keep dealing with it and letting it out. Next up is episode 33 with my very best friend of almost 25 years, Brittany Hook. Now, Brittany suffered two miscarriages. So if that is something that you are going through, please listen to that episode. A lot to share there. And uh, it was something that we've always gone through in our friendship because I've been very open and have gone to therapy since high school. And Brittany just felt it wasn't something for her. And when she went through the miscarriage, I had said to her, you know, I think it's something you could really benefit from. But it took her on her own time, which I respect. And when she finally decided to go... Well, you'll see how it went. Another tool that you talk about all the time, which helped me significantly, therapy. Oh, oh, my favorite tool. My favorite tool. Oh, my gosh. After it took me, and I remember you telling me, you need to talk to somebody. You need to talk to somebody. You need to talk to somebody. Bitch, I needed to talk to somebody for years. Like, <laughs> I have needed help for years. Like, <laughs> way before the miscarriage. 
I just needed a good therapist, right? Yeah. And so, but oh, well. you had this misconception of, but nothing's really wrong in my life. I don't, I, it's stupid for me to even go to therapy because nothing yes. really happened. It doesn't yes. matter. Yes. Don't wait no. until then. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I wish, I, I wish I had gone years and years ago now, like I have such like a good relationship with my therapist. So anywho, after the first miscarriage, it was about six months, seven months. Mm-hmm. I think it was like July when I finally started seeing a therapist and I was obviously pregnant again with Tyler. I think that's what helped me through so many things, which we'll talk about, but also the second miscarriage, like having support. Yeah. Feeling like you had somewhere to go mm-hmm. and not that you didn't have me and your husband and your mom. It's just different. It's so different. It's so different. And I think you have to be so comfortable with your th- Can you hear him screaming? There, there's said child. <laughs> So I was saying like how really important it is to have a relationship with your therapist where you do not feel judged, like where you can come into therapy and just put it all out there. I know that only comes over time. I've been seeing my therapist for a, a year and a half now. And I, I wouldn't say it's like it happened right off the bat because it, it didn't. But now yeah. when I talk to her, it's just things that I would be embarrassed to say to even you or, or Josh or my mom or anybody else. Like I can say right to her. And it feels so good because I'm just like, yeah, here's my crazy ass thought. (laughs) Let me take you down this rabbit hole, baby. (laughs) Like literally rabbit hole. Therapy has helped immensely. And I wish I had started sooner. Ugh, I could not be prouder of my best friend and all the work that she's done to get herself to a good mental state after the grief of two miscarriages. Next up, we have Sean Hitchens. This wonderful author suffered also grief in twos with the death of his ex-husband and boyfriend within six months. Now, in his book, he had this quote that I had brought up that God breaks your heart over and over until it remains open. Well, he feels like after the deaths that he encountered, he is incredibly open. And here's what he had to say about that also had a quote that I really loved about, and I think this was something I I put this in the therapy section, because I think it was something that you kind of were able to come to this conclusion throughout your therapy, but that God breaks your heart over and over until it remains open. Oh, I am more open than I've ever been. And it took something as, you know, I think after someone dies and people are like, how do you become vulnerable again? There's a a somatic practitioner named Richard Strozzi who talks about one of the ways that we can cultivate vulnerability is by just facing the sun, which is also great for PTSD, which I did suffer from. And I inhabited my grief. So I had complicated grief. And so one of the best ways to sort of promote vulnerability and stave off those two wonderful things that I carried around for a bit is bright light. I I became someone who worshiped the sun and I'm a, I'm a redhead. I should not be doing this. But <laughs> every day at the same time, I would go out and I would like face the sun wherever it was in the sky. And I would just close my eyes. And by allowing yourself to take one or two, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, and just close your eyes and say, nothing's going to happen to my body in that time, you start building boundaries again. Mm. Because you can actually see where you're, you can feel, you know, the sun on your face, you can feel it through your eyelids, and you know where you end and the outside world begins. Hmm. And so that is how I started practicing vulnerability again. And what is that practice called to do that? Nourishing your receptive state. 
as so, I'm sitting here, literally the sun yeah. is reflecting off of one of the city buildings. Yeah. If you can see it like beaming onto my face, I feel like you and the sun planned this at perfect yeah. timing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's divine. Yeah. <laughs> You're Seriously. welcome. Yeah. Right. Thank you. <laughs> I also write about at the end of the book being in San Francisco and just falling back in love with life again. I'm still working on that with a human. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, you know, I couldn't, I came with an, an agreement with Kathy, my therapist, that I wouldn't date for a while just because I was just ripped apart. In episode 36, we hear John Picciuto. Now, this is an unconventional type of grief in which we normally talk about here on this show, but John lost his job during the pandemic and in so kind of lost a sense of self. He, like me, is an Italian, and in our culture, the males are supposed to be macho and strong and therapy isn't really highly regarded. So it's interesting to hear his story about how his family really supported him and how surprised he was by that and how surprised he is by how transformative therapy has been for him. I loved this episode so much because we don't really hear men getting so raw with their feelings and praising therapy the way that John did. So I love to bring in this male perspective from John Picciuto. You said you started therapy a few years ago? Yeah, it was a few months after I lost my job. I went on this trip and I like came back and I basically immediately started looking for jobs. And I was just having a hard time figuring out what I wanted to do. And I was going on all these interviews and then I wasn't getting offers. And I just got really, really anxious about the things yeah. that were going on in my life. I'm an incredibly positive person. I am an incredibly happy person. I usually never had trouble sleeping, mentally sleeping. Physically, I'm a terrible sleeper, but that's not what I mean. I mean, like keeping <laughs> yeah. myself up at night with my brain racing, right? Yes. These are all things that started happening to me. And I was like, I should talk to someone. I was like, it's very, very clear that I am irritable. I'm miserable. And I need to start identifying what these causes are and how I can learn from them and grow. Did that take a little bit for you to accept that you needed to take that step or were you kind of just like all right this is fine i think thankfully i've been lucky enough to have like i have a wonderful relationship with my family i have the best family on, on earth I, I couldn't be luckier in that regards and they were fully supportive of me going to therapy because That's it's just wonderful. like a normal thing the fact that there are still a stigma attached to getting better mental health is crazy to me i know and I, you know, I, I'm full on the train of like making fun of athletes when they're talking about their mental health. Like, you know, I, I was that guy, right? I was that person like, what the fuck do you mean? You're like, you know what I mean? That was a whole byproduct, I think, of like the culture, right? Like that was the norm. And I don't feel that way anymore. And I think it's crazy to me, you know, you don't have the full relationship that you have with your, your parents and your friends where you can tell them everything, right? Because it just feels like you're offloading on them. Right. Like it's easy to, you know, really stress someone out when you're like telling them all the things that's going on in your life mm -hmm. and what you're, you're struggling with. And, you know, they're not always going to tell you something that is not biased. Right. They're yeah. going to tell you something that they have formed an opinion on based on the 30 years that they know you. Yeah. So for me, having a completely non-biased person who's just listening to what I have to say about the things that I'm going through and saying, well, hey, how about this? Or, hey, how about that? And this is why you feel that way. Or maybe this is something you should try. It's been transformative. I mm -hmm. mean, I don't think I could be as happy as I am today if it were not 
for having gone to therapy. I don't think I would be as like, well, I would be working a regular job had I not started therapy. I would have 100% just gone right back to being a cog in the wheel and getting on that hamster wheel and, and running in place. I love that you're able to attribute not only like your mental happiness, but just like your place in society to oh, the yeah, work sure. that you've done in therapy. And that's amazing. I mean, it's just true, right? Like at the end of the day, had I not taken steps to like better myself and you can better yourself yeah. by going to the gym and you could better yourself by going to therapy. And I think like, I don't know, maybe this is just the new age, new wave thing. And I feel like, <laughs> like a fraud at times when I say that, but it's true because I believe in manifesting positive things in your mm -hmm. life. I believe that the, the mind is powerful enough to create the life that you want for yourself. But like every muscle in your body, you have to work it out. Yeah. You've got to like practically deconstruct it, rebuild it and yes. work on it. And, yes. and that's something that I would, you know, 25 year old John would have laughed at 35 year old John going to therapy. No question. But it's the greatest thing I've ever done. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. You've heard me talk about how therapy has been an absolute life changer for me. Like I legit don't know where I'd be without it. So if you're on the hunt for a therapy partner, you need to check out BetterHelp. It offers virtual services, assesses your personalized needs, and matches you with a licensed professional therapist that you can start talking to within 48 hours. And it's even more affordable than traditional counseling. Speaking of affordability, they're allowing me to gift you with 10% off your first month because I love you and I want to see you get the help that you need. You absolutely owe it to yourself to seek the support of a licensed therapist. You probably already do your banking online, read your news online, and do so many other things online. So go ahead and take care of that aching heart. Again, code SSFYL can get you 10% off your first month. They really make it so simple. So go check it out. Betterhelp.com slash SSFYL. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash SSFYL. Thanks to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Next from episode 37, we have Meredith Hannas. Now Meredith is gonna give us a little bit of a different perspective because she is a therapist. She also did lose her mom, so she's coming at it from both angles. She's looking at it as being a patient who's been in therapy for many years and then also being the therapist who is helping people as they go through therapy. In this clip that I chose from her episode, she talks about how you as the patient can really control how your therapy goes. I think sometimes people think they just have to get in there and they sit down and somebody's just there to tell them how to handle their problems. And that's not exactly it. You can really be the captain in your own journey. And that's important to know because if you have a therapist who you don't really vibe with or isn't really taking you on the right path, it's perfectly acceptable for you to go in and say, hey, I want to change this up a little bit. Or it's perfectly acceptable for you to seek out a new therapist, which we've heard a couple of our guests say. And is something that I had to do. I was seeing a therapist at the time that my dad passed away. I feel that she was good at the level of issues that I was dealing with at the time. I don't feel she was equipped to handle death and this all of the sudden acute extreme grief. I had gone to a few sessions because in my head I said, you know what? She already knows everything about me. This doesn't make sense to change. And it just wasn't going anywhere. I I couldn't even make words. I just sat there on the couch and hysterically cried the whole time. My husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, encouraged me to change. And thank God I did. I'm going on almost five years with my therapist now. I absolutely love her. And I really attribute a lot of my success to her. So here's what Meredith Hanna says about having success in therapy. 
that in our treatment plans, our first step is you define depression in your words, you mm. define anxiety in your words, because I'm not going to know how to treat you if I'm treating you like depression from patient A, yeah. you know? And so I think that's one of the big things too, is I don't want people to get discouraged in their treatment if it's not going the way they think, because they're in also that. See, that's another thing is when you go into sessions, I feel like people think the therapist is in control. And yes, we are, we're supposed to, you know, guide you and this and that. But if you're feeling like you want to guide that session, this is your time. Yeah. You tell me, make it work for you. Yes. Yes. I, if my framework doesn't work for you, make your own, we can do it together. And that's kind of the thing is I want people to understand that therapy can be collaborative, that we understand that some things aren't going to work for you. And so kind of just being able to define that in your own words and to understand too, I think that it's okay. I think that's one of my biggest things is, and everybody like jokes because it reminds me in my head of, um, what was his name from the bachelor who like got so much flack. Oh, Juan Pablo. Juan Pablo. They said, <laughs> yeah, they were like, oh, it's okay. okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? But I say it's okay. And then follow it up to just be okay in that moment that, that it's a part of you. It's not something that you need to throw out. You just need to embrace it, understand it and control it. And that's just, you know, that's the name of the game. So I'd say, yeah, that's probably one of my biggest misconceptions is definitely the expectation of mm-hmm. what or the involvement and- that you can have in your own therapy plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I even say this, like, if you want me to run it, okay. Like I have no problem. I know how to do that. But if you want to drive this session, go ahead. It's your time. It's, you know, everything. But also I would really highly suggest too, is the education portion behind what your diagnosis is. They have such great Ted talks too. And that's something I utilize. In episode 42 with Sabir M. Peel, he gave us such a great message about how everyone is feeling something. Everybody's going through it. So it's okay to be emotional, open up, be vulnerable, let those feelings flow. That's the only way that you're going to conquer it. And man, does he have some experience. He has lost both parents. He's divorced. He's been through depression. Similar to John from a few episodes ago, he talks about how he's proud of being a man in therapy and that he would encourage any male out there to go confide in the people around them, confide in their partner, let them know that this is what they're going through and they just need to feel it because that's the only way through. And man, is he right. I loved this episode. Here's Sabir and Peel. So if I was giving a message to anyone, it would be like, for a guy, shit hurts. Tell whoever you're with that it hurts. Be real about it. Being vulnerable and understanding yourself will make it not seem so taboo because it'll put you on paths where you're not going down like real dark shit. Because like you might be so emotional on the inside and afraid to show someone that it puts you on the suicide watch. It might make you a violent person if you're to your partner things of that nature. Like you should think of it as like a precautionary thing. Like, damn, I'm super emotional or I feel sad or I should be emotional or I love showing my emotions to like liking art or things like that. People feel like they, it's too taboo. It's not manly for you to feel like it's manly for you to just know who you are. And I love the way you phrase that understanding yourself 
and knowing kind of like the red flags of when you might need a little extra attention to yourself, might need a little help, might need to do something different so that you don't get to the points that you were just explaining. That's, that's a really good point. Like you're a guy and like, damn, you, you need to, like, you need to cry. Like I cry all the damn time. Mm-hmm. Like you need to cry, you need to be more emotional. You need to be more open with your partner. That's fine. That's good. Like it's good. Being emotional is good. That's it. And understanding what that means. I know some days like I'm just hyper emotional. Like I need to be there. Yeah. Right. It's I a release. Like I can't be like, oh, let me suck that up real quick. Cause I don't need people to know that I got emotions. I'm a person. Mm-hmm. Like what the hell is that going to do to me? Mm-hmm. When you just build it up. Yeah, I always say about grief, you, you can't ignore it. It's going to find you some way or other. So it's right. either you let it out when it needs to go out and it's, you know, controlled or yeah. it just builds up and it explodes until it's something so terrible. Yeah. And like, you will hurt yourself so much being tied down from like not grieving in an open way. You don't have to, you don't have to grieve for everyone, but like outwardly saying like, damn, I'm hurt. you can physically like you be by yourself. Like, yo, I'm hurting. I'm in pain. I miss my mom. I miss my, I miss my dog. I miss my, my whatever mm-hmm. and saying it or writing it or telling a therapist you grieving silently and not getting it out can lead to you being so depressed and hurting everything around you. Like everything. Absolutely. I appreciate your vulnerability here and, and sharing that with us. I wonder if you had any reactions from people that were maybe a little shocked to hear a male be so forthcoming with his emotions. I had a ton of people like way more than I expected, specifically men who were like in the fashion world and everything, people who I've worked with in the past and things of that nature were like, yo, I've been on the brink of suicide recently. Like I needed to hear this or like my such and such just passed, like my mom or my dad just passed. And I'm like, I didn't know how to handle this. And like, just hearing that. And like, I let people like, yo, hit me up. Just talk to me. Like, yeah. what's going on? What people forget is that people need people. So like, as much as you like might have a significant other, if, if you're not open with them, but someone that you like look up to or follow that you feel like you have like some kind of relationship with, especially in like the social media era, if they say something that piques your interest or like they show how vulnerable their shit is, and you're like, damn, I, I feel that. Or like, I never expected that from you because you look so polished and perfect. Mm-hmm. What I made myself do, if someone reached out to me and said something, I would ask them if they were okay. It's just a reminder that everybody's got something. Every single person. Exactly. When you are vulnerable with people, you only invite them to be vulnerable back. And nine times out of 10, they're gonna be because they got their own shit going on. In episode 46 with Becca Piastrelli, we talked about community and ancestry and connecting with your roots and how that can help you establish who you really are and connect to yourself and how you need to treat your grief and any emotional issues that you're going through. And with that, she really talks about this whole essence of reality TV and connecting to a community. So if you're watching a show and you really love it and you're reaching out to other people that are also watching it, you're reaching out on socials and seeing what everybody else is saying on it, you're building a community there, right? When I asked what her favorite was, she brought up a show that's a little bit off the wall, but her reasoning for why she liked it is connected to none other than therapy and needing to work together and how you can't get through this just all on your own. So here's what she had to say. I mean, I really like those survival shows where mm. like, <laughs> like naked and afraid naked or whatever. Afraid. <laughs> it just, you know, they only really survive when they work together. Mm-hmm. And I, it, this is so basic, but it's actually something we often forget because we're such like, I don't need help. Yeah. I don't need help. I'm fine. I'll oh, figure it out what? on my own. A great 
point that is of how much we think we can do on our own and then yeah. how that feeds into grief. And we think that we don't need others sometimes, or we don't need therapy. We don't need medication. We can do this ourselves. Yeah. And like, why though? And then we say, oh, she's so strong. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. What does that even mean? Yeah. So I watch these shows and I'm just like, oh, literally to survive. Like, I just think about, we are animal bodies, you know, we are primal bodies that do not develop as quick as computers, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's, this is why I think we need to wail and shake. And so if I see these like people naked in the wild who are just trying to feed themselves, it's when they work together that they live. I'm just like, there it is. Uh-huh. We really are. We, we're all animals at the end of the day. Finally, for today, we have Jessica Roomberg from my most recent episode number 49. If you just listen to it, it is just worth repeating this information. She is a mother who lost her child at 17 months old. She has gone on to have a foundation in honor of her daughter. She's doing everything she possibly can to move forward with her life, which is an important term to note because you don't move on. You don't get over the loss of a loved one, but you can take it and you can move forward. So at the end of the episode, when I asked her what her advice would be for another mother going through the same, this is what she had to say. The first thing I would say is to get a therapist. And and this is easier said than done because um, the first person you see is likely not the person for you. I mean, you're very lucky if you like your first therapist. That's amazing. I went through like three before I found someone who I really, really loved and who really, I felt like not got me, but just knew what to do. I remember the first therapist I went to told me I didn't look so good. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, well, did you want me to blow dry my hair today? Like I didn't, you know, so like, yeah, fine. And that was like your first time seeing her. Yeah. 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 I remember my hair was like up here. What? Oh my God. Yeah. So find a therapist, a good one and, and follow through with it. Like, you know, the more you talk, even this podcast right now, the more you talk and tell the story, I think that it helps you process, yeah. right? So I didn't tell like the full story of what happened to Mila until like several therapy sessions in. And I remember at, like it was a big session. And afterwards, I just felt like, wow, like mm-hmm. I, I'm, this is happening and, and this happened. And so it helps you process. So there it is, 50 episodes down. I hope that today was helpful for you. If you're on the fence about therapy, feel free to reach out to me, reach out to any of the guests that were featured today. I truly, truly believe I would not be at the place that I am today if it were not therapy. You heard like basically those exact words from half of the guests that we had. Thank you to my sponsor, BetterHelp. Go check it out, betterhelp.com slash SSFYL for 10% off your first month of therapy. It's worth a shot, go check it out. All right, until next time, mwah. Thanks for listening. Head over to Instagram to follow more at So Sorry with Gianna. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave that five star review. I would love you for it. More to come on this season of So Sorry for Your Loss. So stay tuned.